Well, hello, everyone. My name is Brian Ballantyne, one of the podcast members here at Connected by Community, brought to you by Ballantyne Capital Advisors. I just want to take a moment and thank everyone for listening, sharing, liking our podcast, and allowing us to share with you more about our community. And I want to take a special moment to thank our sponsors for allowing us to partner with them and continue to bring you these nonprofits, uh, community interest, business leaders in our community and what they're doing for and in our community. I'd ask you to check them out. They allow us to continue to bring this to you. And if you or someone you know would like to know more about becoming one of those partners with us, check out our website, connectedbycommunity.org. There you'll find a sponsorship tab, and we can get you more information on that. Until we see you next time, go out and make our community great. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Cameron, and welcome to this edition of Connected by Community, brought to you by Ballantine Capital Advisors. I have my co-host, Anthony Colincheco, with us today, and I am excited to be joined by Melissa Fawcett with Creative Minds Tutoring. So thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Well, before we jump into what you do, uh, let's learn a little bit about you from here, kids, uh, husband, family, what's all going there, and then we'll go into kind of what you do for work. Okay. So I've been in South Carolina about eight and a half years. I am actually originally from the Northeast. I grew up in Connecticut, um, but I've lived a little bit all over the place. Um, I do have two kids. Um, my oldest son just turned 18, and then I have a 13-year-old, and I am actually going to be getting married in April. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, lots of planning going on. Well, I got married last May, and I think my wife can can attest that. I didn't. I let her kind of handle everything, but I had to deal with the, with the blunt of the stress. So that was uh, right. not the most fun. So I'll be praying for you. It's Thank fun. you. It's yeah, a great time, but man, it's stressful. If you can make it through that, you, you'll be all right. Yeah, definitely. So. <laughs> well, I guess tell us a little bit about Creative Minds Tutoring and uh, I guess kind of how you got your start. I know it seems like you were a teacher before and mm-hmm. then kind of started that. So I guess kind of walk us through that. Yes. Yeah, so I um, have a lot of years experience of teaching in different modalities. So I was a homeschool mom for a while um, and then just going through some personal situations and decided, you know, I'm going to go back to school, finish, you know, my degree out, all of that. And so I was working with Greenville County um, and they ended up offering me a full-time position in the computer lab. And so I got a chance to do that and be with all the grades. Um, Before that, I was substitute teaching and really working well with certain teachers um, in different grades and all that. So it gave me a great feel for, um, you know, kindergarten through fifth grade. Um, I even did some in the middle school, which um, people thought that was very brave, but (laughs) which it it can be because, you know, middle schoolers, you never really know. Um, But they are great to work with too. So I was doing that and then COVID hit and that created this whole firestorm of issues and challenges. So the kids were moved to online learning and then there was a lot of unknown as far as what's going to be happening the next school year. And so that created a lot of obviously Mm -hmm. challenges, unknowns, anxiety for all of us teachers. Um, You know, I wasn't even sure if my position was necessarily going to continue because you had some teachers that were moving online, some that actually lost their jobs, unfortunately, because of the balance of who's going to be in person school and who's going to be, um, you know, learning online still. So 
I just was like, okay, I can see that this is going to create a lot of issues. Kids were not learning. We could see already at the school I was at that the e-learning was not helping. There were a lot of kids that couldn't even log on, didn't have internet. So you're missing like a whole, that last almost quarter of the year, a third of the year of learning. And especially for first grade, kindergarten, second grade, where they're still learning those reading foundational skills, it was really going to set them back if they weren't able to still get that instruction in the classroom and all that. I've always loved working one-on-one with kids, um, teaching my own kids, teaching other people's kids. So it was really an opportunity to just dive in and say, all right, let's try something because there's going to be a need here. So that's really how it started. Cool. So I guess, how's it going now? Give us like a a breakdown of exactly what you do and kind of who you help and uh, I guess how it all works. Yeah. So I started by actually, I was going into families' homes. um, And then I also had a group of families that came to me and wanted help facilitating the e-learning when school went back online. And then they were sort of one by one letting kids come back certain days a week. Um, So I did that for a little while. And just realize, okay, this isn't going to work long term. If I want to help more kids with driving, you know, 20 minutes to one person's house and maybe 30 to another, I could only see so many kids. Um, And so it really was like, man, what do I do about this? There's such a need. And so I really just kind of put it out there of like, hey, I'd love to have a building. I have no idea how to sort of financially make that work. Um. And one day I just happened to be talking to a friend of mine who owns a business in downtown Greer, and he loved what I was doing. He loved my idea. And he goes, hey, I've got a space if you want it. I would love for you to have it. And so that was really sort of a godsend of, you know, okay, you're meant to do this. You're meant to have a space. Um, And so I moved into that space about a year and a half ago. And since then, the business has just exploded. Like we've had multiple people coming to us every week. Um, I went from probably like 10 kids to this last year, we helped over 40 kids and families. Yes. Um, And so we're coming into January now, um, which you would think is a slow time, but we've picked up, you know, we see again, that aftermath of all that lost learning through e-learning and now coming into the first and second and I guess maybe third year of that now, um, you know, it's had an impact. And so we primarily help elementary age students, um, kindergarten through like sixth grade. Um, I can actually do like all the way up middle school, high school English. That's really my no forte. <laughs> yeah, no adults. Dang it. Yeah. <laughs> I just missed the cutoff. Oh, no adults. Yes. Um, And so I actually am very fortunate to have a couple other tutors that work with me. And what's really nice is um, Chandler Creek Elementary in Greer is the school I was at. And so I'm able to take a lot of my friends from there and have them come fill in and help tutor with me and all of that. And they're great because they have skills and strengths that I don't so they can help in some of those areas like the math and I'm more of like the reading English all that so um, yeah so it's been going really well very excited um, for everyone we've already helped and continuing to be able to help so with with COVID do you see a lot of parents 
during that time maybe holding kids back for another year because of, you know, being homeschooled, not really right. paying attention, not really, you know, you're on a computer, probably playing games. And do you, do you see a lot of parents maybe just saying, all right, now we're back in school. Maybe we just need to go back and redo that grade. Yes. Yeah. I've seen a lot of that or a lot of parents that come to me because the school or the teacher is telling them they need to hold the child back and they're concerned about that. You know, they want their kid to be able to move forward. Um, so I have, I've seen a lot of that. Um, parents that it seems like they kind of try to wait it out and see if it'll get better <laughs> as the school year goes along. And then it's like, no, we need some extra help. So, yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say that's a big gamble. So I guess if they, they did move up and maybe they missed some of those, you know, pivotal second, third grade years where they're really starting to get the hang of things. That's when maybe they call creative minds and they're like, Hey, you know, maybe we shouldn't have pushed them up a grade, but we did. How can we kind of get them up to speed? I guess. Are you seeing a good bit of that? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, we see, and a lot of kids, um, even with sort of some special needs or, um, you know, maybe need a very specific plan, um, and they come to us and we're able to help with some of that as well and just really give them a routine. Um, I, I would say one of the biggest things I see with kids is their confidence changing. So they come in, they are so scared and unsure and anxious about, I'm, you know, I'm failing or they, in their mind, they think, you know, they're failing their class or whatever. And just being able to watch that personality come out and that confidence. And once they start really getting the hang of it, it's like, you know, it's just phenomenal to watch, again, the growth and, you know, we've had every student has made vast improvement. I mean, we don't have anyone that's like not done well with it. So that there's really great power in that one on one of just it's very focused on you. You're getting what you need for this session. And um, yeah, we've got better grades, better test scores, all that. So happy parents. So as long as the parents yes. and kids are happy, I'm good. <laughs> so. well, what's the process like? So, if, you know, I have a four-year-old getting ready for kindergarten. And if I said, hey, I want to take my, I, I don't know what's wrong. I don't know if mm -hmm. it's reading or if it's math. What's sort of a process that you sort of go through? With. Um, yeah, great question. So someone contacts me, whether that's Facebook, email, phone call, whatever, and I just call back and say, hey, what questions do you have? Um, and so we always start by scheduling an assessment period. Um, and that's a chance for the parent and student to come in and meet with me. Um, and I just ask questions. Um, kind of at the beginning how you guys did. Tell me a little about yourself, favorite color, favorite animal, all that, so that it makes them feel a little bit comfortable. I get to know them and their personality. Um, and then I'll assess the child. Um, if the parent thinks it's reading, um, you know, usually put a book in front of them and gauge that. I always tell them, hey, this isn't a test. There's no right or wrong. You know, just read, and I'm just going to listen. Um, if it's math, you know, similar thing, just would look at their math mm -hmm. concepts. And then I go over, you know, policies and procedures. And if it's a good fit for everyone, we go ahead and get them on the schedule and we start um, them on the roster. So, yeah. And generally a child can start pretty much right away. So that's 
So one, one question I had is this, like, do you see people, it's mainly kind of like an ongoing basis or is it like a, hey, you know, you maybe need like three sessions with us or it's like, hey, you know, maybe they're like thinking of you almost as like a secondary teacher. It's like, hey, you know, they're learning this in the classroom and then Melissa's kind of on the on the back burner helping them, you know, maybe understand it better, maybe teaching them a different way. I guess, how does that process yes, typically that's work? That's a great question. I'm glad you asked that, actually, because um, sometimes people come and think, you know, oh, we just want like a couple of sessions, help get them caught. And it, tutoring isn't necessarily that way. It's I tell people it's a little bit more like a marathon. Um, so I like to give it at least three months, kind of like as a minimum, just because um you know, it does take time for them to get used to coming in and meeting with me and and working towards that goal that we have. Um, but yes, I'm generally seen as sort of a supplement to what they're getting in school. Um, sometimes even more than that, um, depending on their situation, if the class is full, the teacher's got, you know, 25 students. I mean, teachers work so hard. I, you know, I've seen it. I know yeah, I've done it myself. It's like, man, there is so much on their plates. Um, and so if I can come along and assist them, um, and I do, I, I have communication sometimes with the teachers in the classroom. Hey, what are they working on? Um, a lot of times the parents will bring me their weekly um, list of this is what we're working on in class. And so that way we can kind of, you know, coordinate and supplement and make sure that they're getting what they need, but also I'm kind of taking that extra step of, again, that one-on-one, like hardcore, like you get uh, 60 minutes right now of nothing but reading instruction or math instruction. So what's the topic that you see, you know, most K through five struggling with? Like, I mean, I haven't been in that situation. I don't have kids, but is it, is it a lot more on the math side? Is it a lot more on the reading side? I mean, I know, at least from what I've heard, you see a, a lot of lost art with, especially like reading and writing, right? You, people yes. can't, you know, articulate what they want to say. They can't write it, you know, proficiently. Um, so, I mean, that would be my guess, but had, I guess, what do you see since you're kind of in the trenches with it? Yes, definitely reading. Um, particularly kids that, like I said, if they were on online learning in like kindergarten, first grade, they're missing a lot of those basic, you know, beginning phonics where we're learning letters and sounds and how to put the words together and make sentences. Um, But I do see that also affects kids when they go to try to do math, because reading and math correlate in the sense that the better you can comprehend what you're reading, it helps you with math, particularly word problems. Oh, yeah. So I need to That's how know. I got through college, understanding exactly. the word problem. I'm like, ah, oh, this seems too good to be true. I'm going with C. <laughs> right, exactly. So you've, they've got to understand, okay, what's this question actually asking me? Do I need to add everything together? Do I need to subtract, multiply? Um, but definitely see a lot of kids struggling with reading. Um, they may sort of have the basics down, but then again, like comprehension, fluency, being able to put that all together um, and understanding it. So that's mainly what we're helping with right now is a lot of the reading and um, yeah. So are there any tools outside of coming for tutor uh, after the tutor? Is there tools outside of that? Like I know there's tablets out there that help kids with reading and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Or would you recommend any other tool? Um. Yeah, I mean, I typically will recommend um, books or certain manipulatives, um, even like flashcards just to help, you know, reinforce some of that. I'm not going to be as huge of a proponent of like tablets and computers Mm -hmm. and all that because I think it actually 
it can kind of stifle the learning process a little bit um, because, you know, looking at a screen all day is um, there's lots of research and scientific studies. It's like not good for our brains and all that. So I really try to just have the parent work with them in everyday things. An example might be if a kid's still learning their letters and the sounds they make, I say, okay, when you're out and about, do like an alphabet scavenger hunt with them. So it'd be like, hey, I see an A on a sign. Can you find it? All right, now what's the next letter? What sound does that make? Um, just fun things like that where they're using everyday life to reinforce those concepts. So, Yeah, that's, that's the fun part. I, I have a four-year-old that's learned the alphabet and could sing the alphabet. I, I have to sing her the alphabet every night to go to bed. <laughs> I want to get a video of this. There's four great. songs that I have to sing, and one of them is the alphabet. So, That's great. <laughs> one, one question I wanted to ask, and granted, like I said, I'm not a parent yet, but how important is it for them, parent, to be very involved, very, you know, excited to help them? Like you mentioned, singing that the alphabet, or mm-hmm. um, or even being out and saying, "Oh, I see a C, and it's a Chick Fil A sign, or something exactly. like that," right? So, I guess how important is that to be in the moment versus, you know, maybe they're on their tablet because they got a work email or something ridiculous, right? How how important right. is that in the child's development? It is so important. I think you will never know the value of you as a parent investing that in your child. Um, and I've seen that personally with my own kids. Um, it just kids crave connection and they crave connection from their parent figures, you know, their mom and their dad. And so even just taking a couple minutes a day to be like, hey, we're going to sit and read this book. I'm going to sing you the alphabet song. You know, that is going to light up a child's world because daddy or mommy took time to connect with me and teach me something in the process. Um, so, yeah, that is of extreme value to children. To doing good, man. You're doing good. That's You're right. Yes. The game. I tried. <laughs> awesome. Yes, I love that you said that. That's amazing. So, I'm not a very good singer, so. Well, I want to get a video. Well, I guess yeah. what, what else would you recommend for somebody that has a child kind of in that age group? Maybe, like you said earlier, you don't really know if they're struggling or, if, right. or maybe they're not in school yet to even know if they're struggling. And maybe, like you said, I mean, you're not an expert at that uh, as a parent, obviously. So I guess, would you, what would you encourage them to, to maybe do? Um, I think also like there's the academic side for a child, but there's also the emotional needs that a child has again, like the connection, the comfort, all of that. So I think just providing like a safe environment for them. Um, I can actually tell when like, if a parent has stress and anxiety and, you know, they're just kind of holding onto that it's projecting onto their child. So then their child comes in anxious and calm. So honestly, like as a parent or a person, like working on yourself of like, hey, how can I be healthy? How can I like deal with my stress and manage my anxiety so that's not affecting my child in a negative way? Um, And that's a big thing that I see and a big thing that I'm like, you know, whether it's relaxation techniques or, you know, certain routines, like helping your child have a balance and a consistency where they feel safe to like, I'm having a bad day, you know, okay, mom's going to be calm about this. She's all that kind of a thing. So is that kind of what you were yeah, asking? No, yeah, that's perfect. Okay. Okay. That's perfect. This, this was very helpful for someone that have has kids and, and stuff to think about with mm-hmm. my wife. And um, we, we have a signature question. What makes you tick? What makes me tick? Um, honestly, it is the light that comes on in the, li- the face of a child when they that moment clicks for them. 
um, when they come in and they're like, I've had a bad day and I don't want to talk to anybody but you about it. And just realizing like, okay, I'm creating something here where a child feels like they're being seen, feels like they're being heard. That is the most important thing to me is like, I want you to feel seen. I want you to feel heard. Like this is a safe place and we are going to learn definitely. And I'm going to push you hard (laughs) to learn, but I also want you to feel like I'm another adult in your life that cares deeply about you and that wants to help you do your very best. So that's awesome. Well, what's the best way? I know we mentioned uh, your own Facebook. What's the best way for somebody to contact you, maybe schedule an initial consultation, maybe learn more about your services in general? Um, yeah, so we're on Facebook, Creative Minds Tutoring, Instagram. Um, I, you can also call me. Um, it's 864-905-2052 is the number. We have a website, Creative Minds dash tutoring.com um you can send me an email that way and i'll respond so um those would be yeah the primary ways gotcha. to get hold of us awesome so, yeah. cool well thank you so much for your time and uh, very excited and thankful for what you're doing in the community and uh looking forward to having some uh very smart kids coming up in this in this area so yes. that's fantastic thank you so much for having me on this has been fun absolutely awesome yeah. well thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of connected by community brought to you by Ballantine capital advisors until we see you again go out and make our community great All information during this podcast is for discussion purposes only, should not be construed as advice. Please seek the advice of appropriate professionals before acting on anything in this podcast. Past performance is not an indicator of future results. Securities through Triad Advisors, LLC, member FINRA. Advisor services through Ballantine Capital Advisors, Inc., Triad Advisors, and Ballantine Capital Advisors are not affiliated.